Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains, and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome to With You Every Step. This week, I have a returning guest, which I am very excited to have to learn all the updates of what's been happening. I have from episode 23, I have our US flight attendant, Jason Keeper. Welcome back. Hi, 23. It's a special number for me. That's such a good coincidence. Oh, really? Okay, good. Tell me more. So Michael Jordan from Chicago, I'm born and raised in Chicago, and Michael Jordan's number was 23. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a big sports family. So that's a really great number. So I'm glad I'm number 23. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were number 23. Now you're going to be up in the 50s or 60s somewhere, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Last time you were here talking all about your flight attendant job. Since then, we have been hit by the uh, awful COVID-19. What has happened with your job? So back in, gosh, this this year has been so, it feels like it's been so long. Everyone I've talked to feels the same way. So it was back in March when our company and our country was starting to get in an uptick in COVID-19. And so they basically every flight that I had scheduled because we were scheduled, you know, a month worth of our flights beforehand, all of them were canceled. So I hadn't worked since March 30th. Really? Yeah. And, and then uh, they offered in May, they offered voluntary furlough where you can decide to go home and be off for six months and the company will still give you health insurance because we don't have any uh, government health insurance. So the company actually says, if you stay home and you, you don't actually make any money from us, we'll, but we'll cover your health insurance. I've been doing that. My husband is working, he's a nurse. We're okay. But you know, for a lot of people, it's you know, a big struggle because they don't have a second income to depend on. So were you able to get government assistance as well? So you weren't getting yeah. paid from your work though? Yeah, so I we we get a certain amount of unemployment, but it's based on you know an equation of how much you work, and so it's it's not a lot. It's enough to, you know, buy groceries and pay a few bills, but it's it's nothing, you know, that you could pay your rent and feed three kids and you know for a family. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard. It's it's not generous, and it, you know it fluctuates between you know each each person. Is your company, the airline company, still flying? Are there people that are still employed? Do they still have some people that are working? Yeah, so we have, I think, about 5,000 flight attendants and about half are still working because so many people took the voluntary leave. So it's it's operating. We were just, I just talked to a friend, uh, Marche, that's still flying. And every other week, you know, flight is canceled, but he's still flying the routes and they're slowly getting fuller. So they're, they're not flying 100%, but they're getting up to 70% now. Have the borders between states been closed at any time in the US? No. No. So anyone could still travel? So there was no travel ban? There was a very, like, you couldn't fly into New York, but you could drive into it. I mean, it wasn't really enforced, but there was, you know, different cities at certain times tried to keep people out. But it was based, the governor of each state had to make that decision president decided not to get involved. So you had 50, we have 50 states and you have 50 different governors. So every governor is different, has different perspectives. 
And so it was chaos because we had mm. some, some regions of the country banning, you know, travel and then some not or staying home. And then half the other country was out and about like it was just a regular day. Yeah. Okay. That makes it really hard. Yeah. We in here in Victoria, in the state that I live in, we have had a outbreak and it happened in end of June, July. We were opening back up. We had an outbreak in our hotel scheme that we have. So anyone coming in to Australia, so we shut our borders to everybody. So the Australian borders were closed to everyone going in and out. So we're not allowed to leave the country and people aren't allowed to come in unless you're an Australian citizen or you have some kind of reason that you need to go somewhere else that is approved. It all has to be approved. Wow. So anyone coming home from other countries have to do their quarantine in a hotel here for two weeks. So it was covered by the government for a long time. Now anyone returning home have to pay for it themselves, but they have to stay there. We had an outbreak that came out of those hotels. So someone had come back from another country with COVID, someone that was working in the hotel was cross-contaminated, ended up going out into the Society of Victoria of Melbourne, and we had a massive outbreak. So our government in Victoria had to shut us down. So we are currently in stage four lockdown, which means that we are only allowed to leave the house once a day for an hour. So we can go for a walk, but we are limited to a five kilometre zone. We're not allowed to go further than five kilometres from our home. And we have to wear masks compulsory as soon as you leave your home. Even if you are walking by yourself, you still need to wear a mask. There's a $200 fine if you are caught without a mask on. We also have a curfew. So the curfew is from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. So if you are caught leaving your home after that time for no specific reason, if you're not needing any medical care or work, which you need a permit to get to leave your home, you need a permit to go to work, then you can get a fine as well. So we are in a super strict lockdown, no visitors, not allowed to visit people, but it's working. So we yeah. got up to around 700 new cases a day, which was massive for here. Mm -hmm. And we're now down to close to a hundred new cases. So it definitely right. is working, but it's extremely hard. And a lot of Victorians are really suffering because it is super hard. And for someone like myself, I have not been working since March. So yeah, what restrictions do you have there currently? So San Francisco is the most liberal city in the whole entire country in the United States. And we're Northern California and uh, head of the you know, tech industry. It is uh, one of the you know, most beautiful places in the country. So we were the first city to go on lockdown in March, April. And the restrictions that, you're, that you just described we were the only city in the whole country that did that. Wow. And so we've gotten to see that it, like you just said, it, it works and people follow a, a great city, a, a very tight knit community. A lot of people very involved with politics. It's the, the 1960s hippie movement started in San Francisco. And so it's got a lot of political engagement. So we're lucky, but like I said earlier, most of the country didn't shut down and didn't have restrictions. So were there bans for people coming into San Fran? We did have a little bit of restriction, but 
it was nothing that was enforced. There were like you talked about fines. It was like an honor system, which let's be honest. People aren't honest. No. Yeah, we've we've definitely found that here. A lot of people lie and it's quite sad because it's bigger than you and I. It's bigger than those people. It's 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 everybody. And I think that's one of the saddest things that's come out of all of this is people's selfishness and how they they think about themselves and not everybody else. And I haven't been able to see my mum for weeks and weeks and it's awful and I hate it. And everyone keeps saying to me, well, why don't you just go see her? I'm like, I'm not going to break the rules. That one of the rules is caregiving. If she needs me to go and help her with something, I will. But I'm not just going to go for a visit just because I think that I feel like I need it. I'll ring her and talk to her on the phone. Exactly. You know, I lost my, my aunt and uncle passed away from COVID. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. End of April. And that was, you know, my cousin, she's dealing, you know, we're all dealing with it and it's, it's hard, but she, you know, there was about two months where she couldn't even see her parents. And when they finally left, you know, she couldn't even be there by their side because of the rules, uh, obviously to protect everyone. But it, that's how horrible, you can't even say goodbye. You can't even hold on to your loved one's hand. I mean, it's that's the most cruelest thing. Mm. So yeah, we've been quite a go, but it's something I think that we're all experiencing as a, it's a trauma. You know, and we're all experiencing it together. And it's, it's very awful, but I'm glad that we're having this conversation. I think it's important. Yeah, it is. And it's interesting. I've had a lot of feedback from my listeners enjoying hearing what other countries are doing around the world and how that is different everywhere. There's some places that, you know, are making kids wear masks in schools and others that aren't. And I think you guys have just gone back to school. Is that right? Yeah. So again, you know, the, every, every state gets to decide every city. So there's no federal or national like rule because Trump has decided not to, to get involved, but it really causes a lot of chaos. So every, every state can make their own rules, every city in that state, depending on, you know, the rules. So some schools, like my, my nephew, I just talked to him today. He is at a school that's, they're doing everything virtual Okay. So they stay home. But yeah, it depends on the city and the state. So here they're doing remote learning, which is very hard for parents that can't go to work because that's the other part of stage four is that it's only certain places that can be open. So a lot of people aren't working or working from home if they can, which means you're working from home, trying to homeschool a little person, which is really, really hard. So, so some states in the U.S. are back at school and some are doing remote learning, right? Yes. And I think I just heard this yesterday that, uh, you know, a few colleges had an outbreak of 200 students. So they've sent them all home now. So I believe by probably by the end of next week, I would assume that most schools will not be fully going back because... You can't ignore science. I mean, it's going to happen. There's a state of denial right now, and it's very scary. It is. It is quite scary. Mm. And your partner, congratulations on just getting married. Thank you. So excited. So you chose to still go ahead and do a pandemic wedding. Can you tell me a little bit on how you did it? It was It was a, a rom-com, is that what they call, right? A, a romantic comedy. It was ridiculous. So we met on a plane. I think last time we talked, I told you a story about that. Yeah. 
you know, so it was kind of a, a different story. We had a really good engagement story, you know, and so it just kind of fell into place. We, we just, we wanted to have a wedding of, you know, 300 people. Then the pandemic happened. So we said, okay, we'll just do a, an, you know, a small 16, you know, group of 16. And then things got worse and we're like, you know, let's just do it at our house with our two best friends and their spouses. And so it was just the six of us in a living room, you know, over zoom, like we're doing right now. And it was, it was really So awesome. the celebrant was over zoom. Yeah. So they did the whole <laughs> Really? And it, the best part was there was a, a lawyer that was there as well that has to be there to, you know, to make, cause it's a big deal hmm. legally, which was kind of funny because she was not, uh, she didn't have her screen, her video screen on. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of legal things you have to say over the conversation. There would be like, Hey, Michelle, what is she, what is she, is she really there? <laughs> but yeah, it was, romantic in our living room with our dog which you know she probably wouldn't have been able to come rv wouldn't be able to come with us to a courthouse so it was perfect and uh we danced we had our first dance in my our guest room that we have with our record player with our just you know our quarantine group of our best friends so it was really romantic and special thank you we're just we're just happy and blessed that we're here and just moving forward and you're allowed to have people over? Yeah, so you can't have more than 10 or 15 in a group, but you can have six or under is the limit that they have. So it's, these are the two, are, we decided, me and my two best friends, to all quarantine together. They, they work from home, you know, Matthew is a nurse. And so we've, we tried it, we, we have our masks on, we do the six feet, but you know, it was a social distance wedding, you know, nobody was dancing or anything, you know, it was beautiful, but it was definitely different. You do whatever you can, but we look back at it and pretty funny story. So. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, it sounds like it was really intimate and special and that's what it should be. Are you planning once, hopefully this all settles down, are you planning to then have a reception with your families? We're going to do the biggest post Donald Trump losing <laughs> celebration slash wedding slash pandemic is over. We're calling it the Renaissance and it's going to be wonderful. So do you need your address at the end of this? We will be sending you an invite. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends if they open our borders to if I can come or not. <laughs> now you did just touch on politics and I know that you are you are my political correspondent. So when I have things and I need to ask questions, you are the person that I ask. I am assuming by that comment that you are not a Trump supporter. That is correct. <laughs> so you have been on the Biden campaign? I have. So Biden is, you know, in American politics, was the most likely to, to win. That's not why I got behind him, but he was the next in line. So there was 10 Democrats running against him. He won. And so it's, it's Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. And I have never seen this before in my life. Every person that I know is engaged and it will be the biggest turnout that you will ever see in a, you know, an election in the United States in our history. It's going to, there's everybody has, has an opinion. Everybody is, is upset one way or the other. Mm. Yeah, I watch it all because I find it really quite fascinating. 
I've never been into politics ever. And I've never had a strong political party that I follow even in Australia, but I have found it really interesting watching the process and listening. And so I watched Biden's convention and now Donald Trump's one is happening. And there is a huge difference between how they're talking to the people, what they're doing, how they have people. One had an empty empty place and the other one has people everywhere and without masks on it's interesting to see what they're putting out to people you're you're spot on and it's it's scary because we whenever there's a crisis in our country we've we've all gone uh come together 9-11 for example Mm. think about 9-11 it wasn't comparable to what we have now and but we had a, a president who i didn't agree with but it was our president in a crisis. And so I think he had a 95% approval rating after 9-11 because we were all just in it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, this president can only win when there's extreme politics, which causes a lot of, as you also know, our country is dealing with the fact that we have a racist president and there are a lot of racist people. So we're dealing with two different fronts, the pandemic and the social justice, the Black Lives Matters movement going on. And so it's very complex, but Donald Trump, instead of healing us, like Joe Biden is talking about, about coming together and, you know, we have to figure this out. It's, it's very hard. It's, there, there's a lot of different perspectives, but we have to heal and we have to try because if not, it's just going to be chaotic. And so Trump is, is just pouring gasoline on the fire. And Biden is trying to heal. Well, it does seem like that. So I was watching the Republican Party talk and listening to them talk about make America great again really confuses me because they're in power right now, right? So they've had four years to do that. So I don't know how they can still use that slogan because if that's the case, that should be happening. Like they should be great. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. He is a marketing genius and I will give him credit for that because you can't, what he does is he manipulates a lot of people and he tries to create as he did as a producer of a a very successful TV show. And it was very entertaining. I did watch it and I did like it and he was good at it. And he, he has a talent that most politicians, most normal people don't have. In that regards, he's really good at presenting as he did during the last, as he's, you know, the last four days during the Republican convention is portraying a country on the rebound. The pandemic is over. I mean, they're telling their people they'd rather win. The more that people worry about the pandemic and the more that there's precautions, unfortunately, there's economic loss. Yeah. Me, my family, my values, I think most Americans' values and most humans values is, is people's lives. And that's, that's where we come from. And this, this guy is just wants to win, win re-election. So he, he wants to kind of rush things to get open. So the numbers look better. And that's just tragic because at the end of the day, we're all Americans and my aunt and uncle died. I mean, this shouldn't be politics. It should be science and, and respect of, of what reality is. And sometimes it means, you have to stay home and it's, it's hard, but it's what you have to do. And it's, it is what it is. But 
we're fighting hard and I think the country's at a crossroads. You're gonna see, a, I think I've, I'm optimistic. I think you're gonna see a wave of, of support against him for Joe Biden. And I, I'm, I'm optimistic about that for a lot of reasons. Mm, there's one thing that I have heard President Trump keep saying, which is that he closed the borders to China really quick. And unfortunately, when a virus is there, that then becomes irrelevant. And with Australia, if we had only closed our borders to China, we still would have been inundated with virus because a lot of our cases that we were getting were coming from other countries being the US, one of them. So if we had only closed our border to one country, which is what he keeps saying is an amazing thing that he did, we would have probably been in the same situation that you guys are in, which is why all of our hearts break for you guys because as much America has always been the country everyone wanted to be, go to, be part of, be be like. And now it's the country that everyone goes, oh, glad we're not in America. We don't want to be in America. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I've got so many amazing friends that are living there, like yourself, that have been through loss of family because things aren't being done. It's really quite heartbreaking. And I hope, I hope whichever party wins wakes up and sees that there's more than politics. Exactly. I mean, at what point do you just realize it's not just a scoreboard about winning and losing. It's, it's really, you know, real people dying and their families going through that. So yeah, he, he, he lacks, he has no sense of empathy. We have a very racist country and he makes racists feel better about themselves. And when you, when you give confidence to hatred, people start acting out, not everyone, but a lot of them start acting out in hate. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been on the news here. Obviously, we all see what is happening there, including the injustice of Black Americans by the police. Uh, What's just happened with Jacob Blake and how he's just been shot in the back seven times. And then there was some other young men walking around with guns that then shot people that were not pulled aside by the police and told that they can't do that. That is being reported here in other countries. We're seeing all of this. So it is not just America thinking that no one else is seeing it. We're seeing it all too. And it's heartbreaking to watch because I think for the first time, the rest of the world is seeing what's happening in America that has been hidden, I think, for a long time. The rest of the world hasn't seen this side unless you're living through it. And now everyone's eyes are being opened to it. You're, you're spot on again, exactly. And it's, I mean, as an American, I'm embarrassed. I really am. I mean, it is just awful. And you're exactly right. America had this really great marketing campaign of being this place of quality and freedom. That's a really ideal that we really strive for. And I think that's still there. But unfortunately for a lot of Americans of color, anyone that is not white, has a 10 times, 100 times more struggle to to have opportunities. And it's something that I've recognized growing up in a, a wealthy family. I didn't have those struggles. And so what's great about this country is that you can go to a great university, which we have so many great universities that can really open your eyes to the social injustice. And my, I just think my education, my that helped me to realize that and to see that. 
and now I'm an advocate. Now I'm a Black Lives Matter member. I'm, you know, out protesting peacefully and and trying to make change in our in our community. And it's it's heartbreaking. Now, going back to your rules that you have there in San Fran, so you're allowed to only have a few people at your house. Are you allowed to drive anywhere? go for a bike ride anywhere. You don't have any rules or regulations on how many people you can go outside with. Yeah, we're on, you know, for two months, about two and a half months, we were on the lockdown that you have right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the last three months we're, yeah, we can drive anywhere. We can ride our bike anywhere. We just have to wear a mask and, but there's no fines. So, but San Francisco, like I said, is a very rule following city and very smart people here everyone pretty much follows the rules. So yeah, there's, you can travel, do whatever you want, go to work. It's, it's open, but we've had pretty low cases, lucky. Oh, that's good. Speaking of travel, you actually just went international. Yes, my listeners, he went on a plane to another continent, just not another country. He didn't skip down to Mexico. He went to another continent, travel in COVID times. Please tell me how this happened. I saw your images and I felt like, I'm not going to lie, I felt like punching you first, then I felt like crying, and then I wanted to know how and what was happening. And yes, it was for your honeymoon and I'm glad you got to celebrate, but I still did want to punch you in the face. Please tell me how this happened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after talking about, you know, COVID and everything, now I feel really bad about it. But uh, (laughs) I, you know, me and Matthew really wanted to do something special and our honeymoon our wedding was obviously not what we expected but it was it was wonderful so we were looking and there's no where to go but croatia is was the only thing we can find on the internet that was worth going to that was incredible and beautiful so croatia's borders are not shut uh to any citizen of the world you just have to have a covid test to get in oh really yeah, so that's how we got in. We had to take a, a COVID test beforehand. Where did you take it? In San Fran? This is the role of the dice that we did do. Okay. So you have to, we got married going to the honeymoon. We, we Instead of go, the next day having brunch, we went and got a COVID test <laughs> a night before our trip. So we, we got the COVID test. You have to, within the, the swab, so the moment of the test, you have to get into Croatia within 48 hours of the test. Oh, wow. Okay. So we did it the night before. We woke up, we got on the plane not knowing what (gasps) our test was. I mean, we didn't have any symptoms. We haven't had a COVID-related situation. So we are taking off. We get on the plane. And the reason why we did it, the reason why we went was because the planes are completely uh, empty, international. So we were in, and we, with my flight benefits, got first class. There was two people in first class. So that's the only reason why we did it was first class was open both ways. I mean, two people, you know, it's a, enough space to sp- spread out. So we got on and halfway uh, on our way to London first, uh, we got the test, it was negative. We were able uh, then to transfer from London uh, to Croatia to split. So what would you have done if it came back positive? Probably wrote a book about how crazy my wedding in 2020 was. <laughs> we, we rolled the dice. I mean, we, again, we didn't have any symptoms. We haven't been around anyone. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. Obviously, this, this is a silent, you know, virus. You can get it from, from anywhere, basically. So, you know, we knew that. But 
we wanted to do it again that you know the seats were wide open so we were in our little cubicle and we lucked out but if we got positive we would have had to spend two weeks in london which <laughs> would have been really interesting but we were lucky i mean we were prepared if we had to to you know whatever we had to, what was right to do we made it <laughs> while you were traveling on the plane what did you have to did you have to wear all ppe did you have to keep a mask on did you have to wear gloves like was there any kind of rules that you were told before you got to the airport that you had to abide by? Yeah, a mask the whole time throughout the whole process. I think, you know, people are more self-aware. The one thing that I've noticed, so during security, by the way, it was a lot faster because I think everyone's kind of like, ooh, this is very interesting what I'm doing right now because of the pandemic. So that was one thing I didn't notice, but like just, you know, as a flight tenant, human behavior, people are moving quicker because everyone's kind of like, this is serious. Let's try to make this as easy as possible because we don't want anyone to get infected. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually impressed with humanity for once. Once you got to Croatia, you didn't have to isolate because they knew that you had a test and you were negative. Yeah. And we, um, we just got to the, the, uh, the customs room and the guy uh, that was helping us didn't even look at our test. He just said, email it to, you know, this email, this government email. And we sent the email and he said, okay, I got the email. Welcome to Croatia. Again, this is just my experience. It wasn't a very thorough process. Well, I did just hear today that Croatia's numbers have gone up dramatically in the last couple of days. Wow. due to being open to other countries because obviously not just open to the US, they're open to other countries in Europe as well. The numbers are starting to go up, which is a little bit scary because I am Croatian and I have family in Croatia who I love dearly. So I want everyone to be safe. It's where the world is right now, unfortunately. And if you open up internationally, as much as you guys got a negative, I guess there's nothing to say that you can't, as awful as, as it is, pick it up on the plane and then you're there for how long were you there for uh about eight days yeah okay and so then you could have become positive did you have to then so where were you hold on let's let's go back a little bit where in where in croatia did you stay uh, uh split the whole time you stayed in split no and then dubrovnik uh as well dubrovnik yeah yeah, sorry. My Twitter <laughs> is kicking in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, how long were you in Dubrovnik for? Uh, four nights and then three nights in split. Yeah. So, about seven days. Did you love it? I, I'm a Game of Thrones fanatic. So, I was like walking through Game of Thrones. Here I am. I'm in the show. I mean, it was, it was, and it's so beautiful. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. It is beautiful. Was everything open? Everything was open. I, no one was wearing masks. Not one person? Just tourists from other countries. I mean, maybe there was a couple of Croatian people, but you know, mostly. And then at the businesses though, the restaurants, anything, they all had masks on. But I'm talking about just the people in general. Nobody was wearing masks. I mean, we were the only ones mostly walking through. And it was heartbreaking because I know that, you know, like you just said, the, they don't know better because it doesn't, everyone seems to change their behavior once people get sick, which is heartbreaking. So I'm not surprised. Mm. And I think I said that to Matthew. I was like, obviously no one's wearing, I mean, no one's wearing masks, obviously in a couple of weeks. 
they're not taking it serious. But we were, you know, at the restaurants, they're all outdoor in Croatia. So it was easy to social distance. I mean, you can, you can go there safely. I mean, we didn't really do the pool much around people. We weren't probably 10 feet around people most of the time. We did a lot of excursions by ourselves. So for us, because of our privilege, you know, we didn't have to get on a bus, for example. I mean, this, this disease is hurting people that, are, that don't have a lot of money. Because I'm a privileged white American that took a first class flight to a place without having to worry about that's what's wrong. I mean, I have, I'm, I'm aware of it, but that's what's wrong with societies. And in America, the biggest number of COVID deaths has mostly been for minorities that don't have as much money, that are lower, you know, socioeconomic, are in poverty, are being more affected because they have to take the bus to work. Mm-hmm. I could take an Uber. It's heartbreaking because it shows our country how if you're wealthy, you'll be okay no matter what. Mm, that is sad. That's what Trump's, that's what he believes. And it's unfortunate. Started to think about how awful that must be for a mom of five that is trying to feed her kids and has to take that bus and is taking a higher chance of getting COVID. It's just heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. When you were in Croatia, did you see places that were really packed? So we asked a few of our tour guides, you know, is this crowded? And he said it's still about 40%. So it was spread out. I never once was in a crowd, but getting close if it, you know, if it was 10% more people, cause those, you know, you're in going through really narrow streets there, but yeah, I felt okay. But I can imagine if it was just a little bit more, it would have been a little too crowded for, you know, comfort in my yeah, well, they are showing Europe and the beaches in Europe and how busy they are because it's everyone's traveling again in Europe. COVID-wise, quite scary. But I also feel the other side of it is how much I would love to travel right now. I have never, ever been a camper. And my dream right now is just to go out in the bush and stay in a tent and just get fresh air because I've been so cooped up in my house that I'm like, oh, I just want to go get some some freedom. <laughs> Right. Those restrictions are, they sound like what we were on, but even more, which I think is really awesome and smart. Uh, but wow. Yeah. You're, you're in the, the Netflix zombie apocalypse stage where everything's just very, I get it. Yeah. There. And a lot of us have been doing it basically since March. So we did get locked down where it was nowhere near as harsh as what it is now. And then we had a little bit of time of opening up and seeing people. And then, of course, as what happens is when you start to open up and people don't follow the rules like they should, then things happen again. And now we're in the hardest lockdown that Australia has ever had. And all the other borders from the other states have closed to Victoria. They don't want anything to do with us, which I absolutely don't blame them because we are the ones that are all germy. So I get it. And I have no intentions on going anywhere for that reason. I don't want to, in case we, I don't see anyone because I've been at home, but just in case on the way there, I pick up something. I don't want to pass it on to anybody, but it is very, very hard. And it is nice talking to people. And I'm glad I've got this opportunity where I can still see your face and have a chat with someone on the other side of the world right now, which makes things great. And anyone listening, if you have someone that you know in Melbourne, give them a call. Don't send them a text. Texts don't work right now. You just need to pick up the phone and call somebody because you don't know how much they might need that. And a lot of people do. And that's all over the world. Everyone is struggling with something. 
no matter what position they're in, they're all struggling because that's where the whole world is at right now. And as you, we talk, I just realized something. You are the third person that I've had uh, a Zoom interview with. And the first person was Vice President Joe Biden. So really? he called in, um, I think I t- told you before, Matthew's a, a nurse that takes care of COVID patients. And he found out about it. And I do a lot of work, uh, activism with the campaign and, and uh, a lot of training I do. So he called me and we talked for five minutes, like we're talking right now over Zoom. And it was a surreal experience. And then the second time I did a Zoom interview was my, my wedding. <laughs> so now third, I get to be a lovely guest. So it's an absolute honor <laughs> and it also is an honor for me to be in the standard of those two amazing events that happened in your life. <laughs> you beat them. You beat it out. Your show is my favorite. So thank Aww, you. Thank you. <laughs> now, going back to your travel, when you got back to the US, did you have to quarantine? No. You don't have any rules or regulations for that? Yeah. You, if you, anytime you return to your home city, as long as you live, they don't anywhere really there's no quarantine at all that blows my mind even here if we cross so i have a friend her mom has cancer and is going through treatment and her doctors organized for her she has a house in another another state where she spends half her time there and half her time here and her doctors organized for her to have treatment over in that state so she would be out of the germ zone which is where we are right now so it would be safer for her because having chemo reduces your immunity. So if she was to get COVID, the chances of her surviving would be quite low. So it's a smarter safety move for her. So they had to organize that. But even when she went with all the doctor's approval and everything, she still had to hotel quarantine in the other state in our country for two weeks before she could go out and have her then continue treatment. So it is very, very strict here in Australia. Wow. I think, I honestly think that's the best way to go in the long run. And I think we're making a huge mistake. Our culture, it's, it's part of our capitalist like drive, you know, it unfortunately dictates a lot in our country. And unfortunately right now the people in in power are more worried about uh, money and, and getting the economy, which we all want. We want everything to go back. But Biden, Joe Biden keeps saying is we have to, and he's running, this is his number one message. We have to get the virus under control first, and then we can re- reopen. Let's do it safely. You know, it's, it's not a, uh, we want to do things the right way, not the sloppy way. There's no, you know, cutting corners is, does not work. Trump has cut corners his whole life, every chance. He inherited all this money, never worked a day in his life, bankrupt five times. He has no accountability, no empathy for human beings. He's just good at selling. Mm. and. Joe Biden is real. The way he speaks about compassion and empathy about this virus, his whole life, everything he's done, he, he's, he's lost. His wife and his daughter died in a car crash when he was 29. He just became a United States representative senator and his wife and his daughter dies in a car crash. Mm. And so he has two, two boys and Joe Biden continues on the fight for what he believes in and he remarries a beautiful Dr. Biden. His wife is a, is a teacher. She's amazing. So uh, education is, is, is huge. And she's 
just a phenomenal teacher. Anyways, his son, just a couple years ago, his surviving two sons, they were all in the car accident together. His son died of brain cancer and he was a veteran of the Iraq war. He, he had a lot of privilege, but he went and joined the army and, and served our country and he died of brain cancer. So Joe Biden knows what it's like to lose and to suffer and he's gonna be the right person to, to heal our country through this because he gets it, he's been there. It's a, we're in a rough, rough go right now. Mm. Now I'm gonna be honest. I am not the biggest Joe Biden fan, just purely on, I don't want to sound like an ageist, but that he he seems quite old. How old is he? He is 77. Yeah. Okay. So he's got, he's got some maturity behind him, Yeah. but I must say I am a massive, massive, massive fan of Kamala Harris. Yes. I absolutely love that woman. I, that's pretty, I got to meet her on a flight. Yeah, it's from San Francisco to uh, Washington, D.C. She's originally from San Francisco and she in the Bay Area in Oakland and she then became the senator of the whole state. And so she has a lot of roots in San Francisco. She was the attorney general, but she was so sweet. She was on the plane and I dropped. I'm I'm not making this up. She because it's just so surreal. She's a senator. She wasn't running for president yet. I was familiar, obviously, who she was. And she, I dropped cups and she had, was going to the bathroom and she, instead of just like walking past me, she, I'm not, she got down and started picking the cups up with me. She's like, you know, honey, let me help you out. Oh, I love this woman. <laughs> you can never imagine uh, the average person, let alone a senator. So she's very real and she's awesome. She's going to be the president. You, you talked about age. Joe Biden will only be president for four years. He will not run again. And we need grandpa right right now to heal the country and then pass it on to a 55-year-old. And 5'2". I don't know what that is. And yeah, yeah, I know what 5'2 is. Is that her, is that her height? That's her height. She's and tiny. She, I didn't know she was little. <laughs> she looked, yeah, I know. And, I, you know, as someone who's pretty short myself, 5'8", I always am like rooting for, you know, the little person in us all. And so she, uh, she's breaking barriers as she'll be the first African-American female vice president. We've never had a female or, and she has a lot of background in India um, from her mom. So it's just a really, I think she's the perfect person to bridge us to the future. And Joe Biden will be the last old white man that is president of the United States. Would love then for a female to take over and it's the same in australia we have had a female prime minister before and i would love it to happen again because i think women sometimes see things a little bit differently we need women in power and i you know i don't say that as someone that is not open to you know anyone in power but it's about time i mean we need that and there's a different perspective there is women in power is what we need and that's what i'm hoping for and she's amazing I've been asking everyone what they've been doing during their lockdown. So what have you been doing to entertain yourself, seeing that you haven't been working? What have you been doing? Losing weight. Ooh, so working out at home? Yeah, I, I got a Peloton. What's that? It is a popular sweeping America. It's an in-home like a spin bike. Oh, okay. With a big screen and you have these... 15 hilarious, different, diverse group of women, men, all different backgrounds. And they're your instructors and they're all a team. And 
you do live. You're biking at your home, but you're the screen. Everyone's connected in with their Wi-Fi with, you know, 10,000 people spitting to the instructor. It's really a community. It's really awesome. Oh, that's fabulous. So you've been doing that. What else? Um, taking my lovely dog, Harvey. She's a cattle dog. She's from, oh my God, I can't believe this has not come up. She's an Australian cattle dog. <laughs> You know, and so she needs like three hours of, of walking per day. So I do my Peloton and then take her on like a two and a half, three hour walk and do a lot of consulting for different friends that are, are in politics, catch up with them. And, and that's kind of what I'm doing. And because I'm not working, I don't go back till April. So I'm just being a, a new, new husband with a, uh, taking care of my little, my daughter, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching anything interesting on like netflix or prime if you want to cry there's a really good show which i think crying is really good during this pandemic so i cry for- all the time pretty much i keep saying people are like oh it's day by day i'm like no no it's hour by hour because one minute i'm like happy as larry i'm like i'm, I'm smashing this i'm fine the next minute i'm like <laughs> so over this i'm not coping next hour i'm like yep nope good again i'm good i'm okay <laughs> it is just yeah it's a whirlwind for sure (laughs) yeah so what's the show you've been watching that's going to make me cry more than i cry (laughs) so it's called this is us it's a family dealing with life and it is so good it goes from the past to the present to the future so you get kind of all three different worlds of their lives and it's really good it's but it's a cry fest and i've been watching rupaul drag race which is a hoot are they both on Netflix? And sorry, they're both on Hulu, actually. Do you have a recipe for me? I've been asking everyone to give me a recipe from around the world, and I am going to try and cook it with Mr. Troy Larkin. I don't know if you've seen our videos that we've been creating, but they are very funny. I must say so myself. And if you haven't, head over to With You Every Step YouTube channel, and they are on there. And we will attempt to make this once we can, once I can start filming again, because we can't have people anywhere at the moment. So once we can, then we will do that. So there may be a delay with these recipes, but tell me, what is this recipe? And he is really funny. I love watching you two together, by the way. Um, Thank you. He is very funny. The best part I love was when he actually skipped with an apple peel. That is priceless. That is the best thing I have ever seen in my life. And I watch it all the time. I love it. I think you guys should start the show with just you guys cooking. <laughs> cooking while you're interviewing. I think you're both wonderful. Yeah. So this is from my, my uh, husband's side of the family, which is Southern Georgia, where he's from, close to Florida. And it's a baked mac and cheese. Ooh, okay. Tell me, tell me, tell me. It's not a healthy course of me. <laughs> to be honest, I don't expect any American recipe to be healthy. <laughs> So I'm okay with that. And also, I mean, I have said this a few times, but you know, that's what the 19 stands for in COVID. I know Trump doesn't know what it means, but it doesn't mean the year. I mean, scientists, come on, that's not what it means. It means 19 pound or yeah, 19 pounds better because if it was 19 kilos, that's quite a lot. So you're allowed to put on the COVID plus 19. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you nailed it again. (laughs) Okay, give me this so recipe. So we have an eight ounce of elbow noodles. 
Okay. Now I don't know answers, <laughs> but I will figure that out. I will like put it into conversion and try and figure that out. But eight ounces of elbow pasta. Yeah. Of elbow uh, noodles. And then one pound of shredded cheddar cheese. Oh, okay. All right. Again, I don't know pounds, but I will convert this. Yeah. And a good amount of cheese is always good. One green bell pepper. Oh, pepper. Okay. One small jar of panitos. Which is like a pepper? Yeah, which is the pepper, a little bit of flavor. And okay. then one cup of mayonnaise. Oh, a cup of mayonnaise. Oh, wowzers. Okay. <laughs> yep, it's American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one can of cream of chicken. Oh, like a cream. soup. Yeah, one can of it. Okay. The directions then, those are the yep. ingredients. You preheat the oven to 350. Is that... Guys... I think it's like 180 here. I keep saying that in in our videos. I should really check, but I think it's around that. I'll, I'll double check that, but yeah. Yeah, preheat oven to 350. Boil noodles mm -hmm. as directed. Then you strain the, the noodles and add... I love, by the way, that you call it noodles. We would call it pasta and noodles are very different to me. They are something that you'd have in like Asian food where pasta is Italian. And I think mac and cheese would be on the Italian side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you strain the noodles and add them to the carousel dish. Sorry, I'm going to have to stop you again because did you say carousel? I'm sorry, casserole. <laughs> was just a, uh, an no, accent no. thing <laughs> no i'm sorry <laughs> so sorry that, that is good i actually you could have kept going with that and thought that that's how you how you pronounce casserole <laughs> it's carousel <laughs> no i don't have my glasses and i've been looking at the screen all day so then you add a half a cup of diced uh bell peppers uh-huh then you add two tablespoons of pimento. Okay, hold on. They're the little peppers. So two tablespoons of these little peppers. Is this what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need a full cup of them? No. What did you say? A full jar? No. <laughs> the smallest jar you can get. Okay. Um, <laughs> so then you're going to add the cream of chicken. Just the powder or is it actually like a soup? Just the, the can. So like you can buy them in the can and... I don't know. I never, I've never, to be honest, actually used a like can of cream of chicken. So I will look for one and see if I can find one that's gluten-free and maybe doesn't have too many preservatives in it. Otherwise, I don't know what I'll do with that one. But anyway, we'll have a look. We'll see what we can find. <laughs> So then you add the shredded cheese, which would be the one pound of shredded cheese. And then you would add the mayo, which is the one cup of mayo. And then you mix together all of that. So is that on a, that's on a, in a saucepan? Yeah, in a saucepan. Yeah, okay. Uh, definitely. And then you just bake it for 25 to 30 minutes. Oh, hold on. Sorry. So you put that, you just mix that up and then just put that on the pasta and then put it in the oven? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So you don't have to actually cook the, the sauce itself and then put it on oh. there. Yeah. Okay. No, no. 
the only thing that you're actually cooking separately is the the noodles and then you put it on mix it all together and yeah and it's a favorite it's unbelievable and you can even if you want put breadcrumbs or something on top or you know whatever you choose to but it's it's a good it's very popular every time we have it <laughs> Well, I might have to make some alterations to it, but we'll we'll see how we go. You will see Troy and I try and make that and see how we go and see if Troy doesn't have a heart attack when he sees what's going in it because he, he eats quite healthy. So he does tend to have a heart attack every time I give him the recipes and he sees like two cups of sugar or when he sees the one cup of mayo and a one pound of cheese, but it's okay. We'll have a go and I'm sure it's going to taste delicious. And my listeners, if you want to have a crack at making it, go for it because it sounds delicious. And again, it will help to the COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> but then all you have to do is one of your classes, right, on your spin bike and you've just burnt it all off. Exactly. That's why I do it. So I can eat and drink. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for that recipe. You're welcome. We're going to do the final five with you because the first time you were on, I hadn't created this yet. So now... We're going to do it. We are approaching our destination. Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts for the final five. Your favorite city or town? Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Weirdest food you've ever eaten? Weirdest food was had to been in Peru. I had, I couldn't eat it. I, <laughs> we... I'm not a fisherman. Caught a, it's a fish with the teeth. Piranha. Piranha. And I was so excited that I, you know, that I got it, that I that caught it my first time ever catching a fish, but I could not dare to eat it. So that was, which I regret it because I wish I would have tried it, what I, you know, caught, but yeah. Yeah, no, I don't eat any seafood. And we caught one and I would have been really upset, to be honest, if they killed it for us to eat. So I'm glad the one that we got, they just showed us and then they put it back safely in the water. So it would right. have been sad. So that's, but, but you didn't actually eat that. So what is the weirdest thing that you've eaten? Oh gosh. Okay. I would say, I think oysters for sure. I never had them growing up. So I'm, I'm not a big fan. Cause you grew up in the Midwest, right? Yeah. Close to, right next to Iowa. Yeah. Illinois. Yeah. So it's not so popular to have oysters there because they come from too far from the ocean is that why exactly yeah i mean mostly beef we got the best beef and steaks and hot dogs and beaches or mountains mountains okay a tourist site that you recommend is a must see i would say because i was just there in croatia you have to go to the game of thrones museum Oh, is there a Game of Thrones museum? Yeah, in Split and Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik. Yeah, thank you. It's the most tourist trap thing in the world, but as a fanatic fan, it was the best 30 kunos I've ever, ever spent. I was going to ask you, did you do the Game of Thrones tour? Because I know that's very popular in Dubrovnik. They take you around to all of the sites and they talk about it. Did you do that? We, we did a different tour, but the tour guide knew the spots as well so it's kind of yeah basically mm -hmm. it was wonderful because you know Cersei when she goes through and I have never seen Game of Thrones oh okay. I'm one well, of those people there's not many of us and I'm one of them 
Nobody's perfect, right? <laughs> You're close to it, though. But now that you have time more at home, this could be your next show. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of, like, fantasy kind of stuff. But everyone's like, and it's quite gory. Any scene I've seen is really gory. So, I don't know. I should, I should have a go, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what is your favorite show that you can recommend to me that I could watch? <laughs> Well, it actually goes probably against everything I just said, but I love, <laughs> <laughs> I love The Last Kingdom. I am a massive fan of The Last Kingdom. Have you watched it? No. Oh, well, the actor in it is, in my opinion, the hottest man on earth. Oh, well, now I'm a married man, but you got my attention because... You I can, can both watch. watch it. It's okay. You're allowed to look. <laughs> He's on the screen. He's not going to be sitting next to you in your room as much as I would love that happening. If I could push a button and have that actor come and sit next to me, I'd be very happy, but that doesn't happen. So you're okay. You can watch it. Okay. <laughs> can you say thank you in another language? Mahalo from Hawaii. I go there quite a bit. And if you really appreciate someone, you say... Mahalo, mahalo. So you say it twice. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, especially if you're flying on Hawaiian Airlines. I've actually never been to Hawaii because every time I come to the US, I go direct to LA and then I tend to go to Iowa. So I have actually never been to Hawaii. It was, it was actually a plan that I might have done this year. And then obviously this year got cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Well, we go there quite a bit, so we'll have to... We have to get together, so we'll have to plan that. Well, mahalo, mahalo. Thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything that you would like to say to my listeners or to anybody out there before we wrap up? Just uh, keep your head up. We're all in this together, and you're not alone, and, and reach out if you need help to, to your friends. I mean, this is, this is a, a time that we all need to really lean on each other. Mm. And I'm just going to add something to that, actually, because a lot of people say reach out. But I feel like those that are in a dark place aren't in a position to reach out. So those that aren't feeling so dark, maybe you should be the one that reaches out to people that maybe you wouldn't normally reach out to because you don't know where they're at at that point. Everyone, if you're in a good headspace, is the time to do it. When you're not, it is hard. So reach out to those maybe you haven't heard from in a long time because there might be a reason that they haven't contacted you and they might need to hear your voice. That's yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's that's wonderful. You're wonderful. Oh, you're wonderful. Thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I love seeing all of your campaign stuff that you're doing for Biden, even though it's got nothing to do with me and my politics, because I'm not American, but I enjoy watching you and how passionate you are about your country. And I hope it goes in the way that you want it to. Yeah. And you know, it just for the last thing to say is that America is a beautiful country and most people here are extremely generous and kind and I, I believe that we're going to get through this darkness and we will see the light and that's what Joe Biden uh, said in his acceptance speech uh, to become the nominee to beat Donald Trump which he will do in just over 65 days I hope so I hope so for you <laughs> love you so much thanks love you too take care Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, 
nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.